Well, good evening. A very warm welcome to our Good Friday evening service. And as we come to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. Just a couple of short notices tonight. Uh, just to say that uh, our retiring offering is for Church House Bridgeton for their ministry of supporting children, young people and families. And that's, there's a plate at the, the door uh, there. And just a reminder that our Easter Sunday service is at the usual time of 11 a.m. Our call to worship this Good Friday comes from Psalm 40 and also John's Gospel, Chapter 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. So the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So let's worship God together as we sing our first hymn this evening, Come and See, Mission Praise number 85, and you're welcome to stand for the hymns.
We begin our opening time of prayer with a responsive psalm based on Psalm 27. And as the words appear on the screen, if you'd like to join in with the words that appear in bold, uh, usually on the lower part of the screen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, leading my trials. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. O God, our Defender, give us the light of truth and wisdom, that our hope may be fixed on you and on your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue our prayers together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you were led to the cross to suffer the penalty of death for the salvation of the world. We can only imagine the depths of the suffering you endured as you were beaten, humiliated and nailed to the cross. We can only begin to fathom the mystery that you, the sinless Son of God, died in our place to take away the sins of guilty men and women. Thank you that you did not despise the cross and its shame, but rather you set your face like flint to complete the work you came to do for the joy of knowing that by your death many would be saved and experience forgiveness of sins and know the eternal love of God your Father. Gracious and merciful Lord, grant us pardon for our past offences. 
and by the power of your most Holy Spirit, keep us faithful to follow you in the way of loving sacrifice, the way of the cross. Lord, our Redeemer, when you were nailed to the cross for our sakes, the whole world was shrouded in darkness. Grant us always the light of your eternal presence, which overcomes all our darkness. And may we be lights for you in all the dark places of the world, for your light is true light that gives light to everyone. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing now our second hymn this evening, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? Mission Praise number 745. Testament reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, 
reading verses 7 to 12. Chapter 53 at verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering, offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. Our gospel reading is from the gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter 15 and reading from verse 33 to 47. Mark 15 and at verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Semer Sabbathini, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he is calling Elijah. Some ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. 
Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So, as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out from rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let us continue our worship in the singing of Mission Praise number 1217, O oh, to See the Dawn.
but uh, just bring home uh, the truth of uh, the gospel message that today is all about Jesus and what he has done for each one of us. So let's pray as we come to reflect on God's word. Lord, we, we thank you for your amazing sacrifice for us. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you went to those lengths to um, take the sins of the world upon your shoulders, that uh, you took that separation from uh, our Father God to take away our sins so that we could be uh, with you, that we could know you, that we could have our sins forgiven and be um, become part of God's family forever. So Lord, as we th think on that, these things, we ask that you would help us uh, as we reflect now on your word, that you would bring it to life, that you would uh, renew us, that you would speak to our hearts and assure us of your love for us this night. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It always amazes me um, to read Isaiah chapter 53 and other parts of the Old Testament um, which were written centuries before but which so accurately portray the events hundreds of years later in the life, death and resurrection of God's Son. And in our first reading this evening we have a prophetic commentary of the way that Jesus laid down his life for us to take away our sins. So I'm just going to go through some of these verses and reflect on them. It says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. And in the face of all the false accusations, Jesus did not seek to defend himself. And when he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as he was led away to the cross, he had become that Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world as John the Baptist described Jesus early on in the Gospels. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? Jesus suffered injustice and mocking and scourging. He knows what human injustice is like. He knows what mocking and scourging. He knows our pain. He knows what it is to be abandoned. His disciples either fled or denied him. Only a very few actually stayed with him or were willing to be identified with him during his arrest and trials and his execution. It says he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of God's people, he was punished. And Jesus took that road to the cross and he was indeed cut off from the land of the living by his death. But it wasn't for anything he had done. He is the sinless son of God. But instead he died for the sins of the world, for us. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. I think that this was written centuries before and we have the gospel account that he was crucified between two criminals and we find that his body was claimed from the Roman authorities by Joseph of Arimathea who Matthew's gospel describes as a rich man 
And it was in Joseph's new tomb, cut out of rock, that uh, uh, presumably which Joseph had planned for his own family, that was to be the resting place of Jesus' body in a rich man's tomb. How amazingly accurate these prophecies in Isaiah 53 are about what would happen to Jesus, the suffering servant. But the prophecies of Isaiah are not only descriptive of what was to come, they also help interpret for us the events. They add explanation. They're not just a description of what was to come, they also answer the why it had to happen question. As well as being told that Jesus' suffering was for the sins of others, we're also told very clearly that it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. This wasn't a tragic accident or an unfortunate end to an amazing life and ministry. This was all part of God's plan for the salvation of his world. For it continues, Though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And these words point to the fact that Jesus, uh, the death of our Lord Jesus was going to lead to life for many others, for those who would be his offspring. It says elsewhere in the New Testament, in, uh, in Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 2, that Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And the reason that he had joy set before him was the knowledge that his death would bring many forgiveness of sin and the gift of everlasting life with God. For as we read in, on in Isaiah chapter 53, it says, after he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. And there's a clear indication here that death is not the end for this suffering servant mentioned in Isaiah 53. Because after his suffering, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And many will be justified because he bore their sins away in his body. I wonder if this was in fact one of the Bible passages that our Lord Jesus explained to his two followers on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection because we're told that he took the scriptures and brought them to life for them because those two men um, three days after the crucifixion, they had started out very low, talking about Jesus' death, thinking that that was it. And yet, there they met the Lord Jesus himself, very much alive and risen, though they didn't recognize him at first. And he explained why all this had to happen. And so I'm sure Jesus was explaining to them those um, three days later that he had as it says, to pour out his life unto death, to bear the sin of many, and to make intercession for the transgressors. In our reflecting on Jesus' death on the cross for us, as well as being 
thankful that he was willing to enter the deepest darkness for us, to endure rejection and pain and suffering beyond our imagining, so that we can be forgiven and know everlasting life. The fact that Jesus had to die and be buried in a tomb also shows us just the seriousness of sin and what it took to save us from the effects of sin in our lives and our souls. As it says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Sin, going against God's commands, which are meant for our good, have real, it has real consequences for us. Literally a, a matter of life and death. When we stop to think about it, we don't need to look too far to see how sin separates us from the goodness that God intends for us. Whether through unkind words or actions that cause breakdowns and difficulties in relationships, to the much more blatant and obvious sins that we see strewn across our television screens from around the world, we can see that sin is deadly and needs a radical solution. Thankfully, by Jesus' death for our sins, God has made a way for us to be freed from the oppression of sin and evil and its deadly consequences. For as we read on in Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But then it goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. On Good Friday, we remember that the powers of evil sought to destroy and silence God's Son forever. They threw their worst at him, and it looked like they had succeeded. But they were about to get their biggest shock ever. As the Apostle Paul wrote in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 7 to 9, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of the, this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus was dead and buried in a tomb with a large stone over the entrance. But actually, it was death itself and sin and the powers of darkness that had been dealt the fatal blow. For as the saying goes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And we know what happened on the Sunday we leave this time of reflection then with these words from 1 Peter 2:24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So let's give thanks for Jesus' death for us and find life and healing in him. And let's share that message 
of life and healing with a lost and dying world. Amen. Let's pray together. Eternal and loving God, we thank you that through Jesus Christ you have entered into the depth of our need for forgiveness and new life. We thank you that through Christ's suffering you not only understand our tears and pain, but you have revealed a way of light in the darkness and a way of life through the valley of the shadow of death. Loving Father, we thank you that whoever puts their faith in your beloved Son and trusts in his death on the cross for their sins passes from death to life and is born again into your family. Light of the world, help us to bring that message of hope, that comfort for the weary and rest for the heavy laden Help us to reach out our arms to your world, to those around us near and far, with the love of Jesus our Saviour, who draws people from every tribe and nation, from every corner and community, to discover life in all its fullness in your eternal kingdom. God of all comfort, we lift up to you all who are in our hearts with their own particular needs, that you would surround them with the knowledge of your loving and healing presence. We pray for your blessing on the work of Church House Bridgeton, that you would bless the families they serve through our gifts shared this evening. God of all hope, thank you that the death of our Lord was not the end of the story, that the darkness of Good Friday and the sadness of the Saturday would be replaced by the joy of resurrection on Sunday. Help us all to know your hope in the time of waiting, in the time when we cannot yet see all that you are doing in our lives and in our world. Fill us with that hope of Christ, who died, was buried, and rose again for us, and who lives and reigns with you, dear Father, and with your most Holy Spirit, one God, forever loving and forever worthy of our praise. Amen. We finish our time together as we sing our final hymn, uh, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, Mission Praise number 755.
And now may the Lord Jesus, whose arms were spread on the cross, to embrace the whole world in God's love, help us to take up our cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all this evening and forevermore. Amen.